Hi, I'm DJ Ingvi Amish. Hey, Amos, have you uh, heard German authorities have seized over $60 million worth of Bitcoin from a fraudster, but they can't get the money until they crack the password. The convicted felon refuses to give up. And I am Amos. Amish, I have the perfect solution for this problem. I think oh. they should call up Mr. Trevor Bauer, since he's got enough money now to break the code. He's a bomb. Oh! You don't need a password. It's the Hot Takes Corner Podcast. Gibson swings and a fly ball to deep right field. This is going to be a home run. Unbelievable. A home run for Gibson. And the Dodgers have won the game 5-4. to four. I don't believe what I just saw. I don't believe what I just saw. The line down the left field line for a base man. Here comes Joy. Here is Junior to third base. They're going to wave him in. The throw to the plate will be late. The Mariners are going to play for the American League Championship. I don't believe it. It just continues. My, oh, my. A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. The Cubs come pouring out of the dugout. Jumping up and down like a bunch of delirious 10-year-olds. The Cubs have done it. Puckett swings and hits a blast. He's left center. Way back. Way back. It's gone. The Twins count in a seventh game. Touch them all, Kirby Puckett. Touch them all, Kirby Puckett. And the Twins have won this game. Four to three on a dramatic home run by Kirby Puckett. Yes, indeed. Hot, hot stove, hot takes. I am Amish. This is Amos. Amos, Yo. let's get going. The Los Angeles Dodgers have made free agent right-handed starting pitcher Trevor Bauer the highest paid player in baseball per year over the next two seasons each. A three-year, $102 million deal player options in both the first and second years. Before I give my reactions, let's give you the floor. See what you got to say. Well, I think we all knew that the Dodgers were going to be a contender in this situation no matter what, uh, whether it was talked about by the excellent tweeters like Mr. Bob Nightingale. Uh, but, you know, even trolling people by saying he went to the Mets, and then w- which it was immediately flipped around and said, nope, he went to the Dodgers. And not only did he go to the Dodgers, but holy overpaying <laughs> did he go to the Dodgers. $40 million in the first season, $45 million in the second season. If he doesn't opt out of the first season, that is, um, then he gets paid a little less after that second season. But yeah, so what is that? About seventeen million left for twenty twenty three. I don't know. I'm not really sure how it works. Yeah, but it, it's just, I'm telling you, man, that is such, that's such an unnecessary amount. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Though Bauer is a great pitcher. He's very smart on the. I've said that. I don't know how many times. Bauer is so smart on the diamond. He is probably, you know. Analytically and statistically speaking, one of the smartest pitchers pitching in the game right now. And but 40 mil, he better go 20 and 0 with a sub one ERA. <laughs> I'm just well, saying. Well, what did you think of the video he posted? I have to somewhat agree. It, it teased fans from the Mets and Blue Jays. I know I know a little bit about how pre-production works. It's a lot more complicated than removing your stitching cutscenes and such, but it, I mean, it was a bit lengthy. However, I understand the presentation circumstances as well. I'm kind of torn over the whole thing. What did you think? I loved it. 
I loved it. I loved his video. I think it's great that players can represent themselves in a way, you know? You know, Bauer was like, I want to tell people who I'm going to. And so his agent, Rachel Lubo, said, okay. So he made, you know, well, I don't know if he made the video. Yeah, but, it was a couple other guys I saw that were credited with it. Yeah. But I thought it was well done. I really did. I think Trevor Bauer does have a way, when maturely, when he's in his mature stages, he really does know how to articulate himself. And I honestly liked the video, even if it did have a little bit of trolling in it that sure is going to rub people the wrong way. But come on, this is Trevor Bauer. What do you expect? You know. And the stat about him alone being paid more than the entire payrolls of the Indians, Pirates, and uh, Orioles. Uh, you sent me that one in uh, 21. It, it, it almost made me a little ill, to be honest. Uh, though one could argue, uh, because of other old contracts, I was looking over some things, the Orioles are actually a little bit higher than Bauer because of that. But still, this is a guy mm-hmm. who is not an everyday player. Right, correct, yeah. What, every Once every five days, and that just makes it more crazy to me. Yeah, but, so, so get this. String this out over an average of 34 starts translates to about 1.8 million per start this year. A million 323,000 next year would be the figure. Now, Amos, I'll look this up. Trevor Bauer has thrown a total of 16,814 pitches in the majors through StatCast, according to them, you know, baseball savant. And according to baseball reference, I looked this up, he's pitched in 205 major league games. So it's an average of 82 pitches per game. But since he did make 10 relief appearances among the 205, let's up the average to 85 for argument's sake, okay? All right. So, Amos, 2,890 pitches if he hits it exactly 85 per over 34 total games. So Trevor Bauer, this season, Amos, may make an average of $13,840 every pitch. This just in. I hate Trevor Bauer now. No. <laughs> he covers season, my salary in three pitches. <laughs> next season, $15,570 per pitch. Does that cover your salary for the year? Sure. <laughs> A pitch. It wouldn't take much. <laughs> anyway, no, okay. <laughs> one more one more fun stat about... Uh, Please. It's, it's not really about... It's not so much about Bauer, but it's that Dodgers rotation... Did you know that they're going to have three former Cy Young winners? <laughs> yeah. In their rotation? And three MVPs, if you include Clayton Kershaw, you know, dual season, Sarah Langs pointed out. That's insane. So if you're a <laughs> Dodgers time it's fan, ever happened. If you're a Dodgers fan, uh, World Series are your failures. No pressure. No pressure at all. Dodgers no, all fans. the pressure. You better get it done. <laughs> you just went out and spent $102 million on a pitcher, not to mention you have two former Cy Youngs, not to mention you still have Mookie Betts, not to mention you still have the like, well, you don't have Jack Peterson anymore. We'll get to that later. But you still have other very talented individuals. You don't have Kike Hernandez either. But anyway, I digress. You better get it done. It will be interesting to see how some of those bench guys come up. Anyway, enough yeah. Dodgers. You're going to get enough love the whole freaking year. Let's talk other things in Seriously, baseball. Congrats. Uh yeah, indeed. <laughs> I'm still being hailed as a ticket to the NL Central title in St. Louis. I know you've heard enough about it as a Cubs fan. The collective demise also of the Rockies franchise in Colorado on the other on the flip side. The Cardinals have landed top MLB third baseman Nolan Arenado. Amos details, please. 
Sure. I, I do got to ask a question. Uh, do you mm -hmm. think the Rockies have relinquished control from the five-year-old yet? To because <laughs> as we're fixing to go over, the the Rockies got fleeced really bad. So yeah, you know they might as well invest in uh, invest in the stock market at this point for their your respective app. You know, Dogecoin. Yeah. Um, no, I just kidding. All right, so yeah, Nolan Arenado goes to the Cardinals for five prospects, um, you know, most of which uh, Gomber being kind of the top piece, if you will, seeing yeah, how he's career, got time. Career so. 3.72 ERA and 104 big leaguings. I'll look that up. So I don't know how he'll do over there in Colorado, but he could possibly be in that rotation soon. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so the Rockies are also paying – $50 million in Nolan's <laughs> contracts. Not only did they give him, uh, it, it's no debate, arguably, actually not arguably, the best third baseman in the game. Not only did you get that from another team, but the other teams, you know what, we're going to hand you $50 million as well to help cover that contract. So, or part of that contract, I should say. Um, so, thanks, Rockies. Don't know what you're doing there. You must be Rocky Mountain High to pull this trade off. Um <laughs> Other details, opouts are still there for Nolan Arenado's contract. Uh, before the trade, he had one opt-out, which was after to the 2021 season. Now that the trade has gone through, he has another opt-out after 2022. So now he's got two opt-out. I guess you could call them opportunities, whatever you want to call it. Um, and also the no-trade clause was waived in this deal. So I guess that doesn't really matter if you have two chances to opt-out, but... I digress. You know, I don't think he's going to leave St. Louis anytime soon, uh, seeing how he has. There was a story about him and uh, Troy Tulowitzki talking about how good this was a long time ago, about how good it would be a St. Louis Cardinal because it seemed like this team is always competing. And that's what Nolan, that was one of Nolan's biggest gripes being in Colorado was we just weren't competitive. So. In a way, good fit, probably the 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 steel trade of. I'm going to say over the last five years, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, good, good for, uh, I I'd, think you I'd argue Christian Yelich was a better one, but we'll no, see. yeah, I, I guess that's a good one as well. Um, God, I, I don't know, man. That's, it's just so hard to say, but yeah. So the Cardinals now have probably the best corner infield in the league right now with, of course, Paul Goldschmidt at first base and Nolan Arenado, uh, Patrol in third. So yeah, I'll admit on paper it makes them the prohibitive NL Central title people for 2021, but we'll see. That's why we play the we'll games. See. We'll see. All right, let's move on. Next, our hot stove wheeling and dealing news. One off the presses. Buckle in. We're recording this, you know, Saturday the sixth of February. The A's you sent me made an interdivision trade with the Rangers. Amos, tell me more. How about this, man? I mean, this is a trade that we didn't see coming, but it makes sense. So in the trade, the A's get Elvis Andrus, uh, prospect catcher Aramis Garcia, and some money, money, money. Uh, in return, the Rangers get your favorite DH, Crush Davis. Ooh. Chris Davis, of course. Um, catcher Jonah Heim, who is considered a prospect but does have MLB time. He is expected, I will say this as a side note, he is expected to be the backup this season, so maybe that prospect mark will go away. And right-hander... Uh, Dane Acker, who's a prospect. Um, interesting trade, Amish. I want to get your thoughts first. 
Well, you know, you got to love deals like that between GMs that know exactly the needs of another team and a player that will benefit their own cause like this does. A couple things uh, crept in my mind when I heard this news. First, I wonder how much Billy Bean had to do with this deal. Now that he's in the, you know, that different role as operations president while David Forrest handles the GM duties now. And I wonder how Andrews is going to feel about this deal because he was very happy in Texas. And, you know, despite this great uh, tweet that I caught before the, the show here, uh, that Texas made for him, showing their love to him. Uh, I think, you know, he had been kind of one of the emerging leaders in that clubhouse. Uh, by the way, Amos, last time Andrews was not opening day Rangers shortstop, according to slangs on sports, my gal, 2008, that was Michael Young, that opening day. And uh, yeah, more in a moment, a couple of interesting free agents picked up by uh, the new general manager, Chris Young in Dallas. But yeah, you, you got to think, you know, with that, and now the A's re-signing Mike Fires for a year, three and a half mil. Yeah, it's. Um, I think this is this is a trade that makes sense for both teams in a way. Uh, I don't know. You would like to think the A's are still going to compete this year. And, of course, with Marcus Simeon going to the Blue Jays, you're going to need someone that can defensively, even though he has have his gap, is still defensively capable. And Elvis Andrews does fit the bill for that. Um he has had some – I guess part of the reason that the A's are willing to take a risk on Andrus is that he has been struggling the last couple of years at the plate. Um, but, you know, if working out, he could be a decent leadoff guy for this team. Uh, you know, putting him in front of Ramon Lariano and, of course, Matt Olson and Chapman. Um, but it makes sense. Rangers, same thing. You know, with Nomar Mazar leaving, uh, you need another DH guy. And uh, Chris Davis is that DH guy. Uh I mean, it's just that simple, really. Um, the Rangers, we don't know if they're looking to quote-unquote compete this year, but they're making some interesting moves that could sign that they could make a small push, but nothing playoff. The, the team still doesn't scream playoff to me. Yeah, and more again, more later on the Rangers uh, making, like you said, some moves. But yes. first, the Atlanta Braves, Amos, didn't let the Minnesota Twins get free agent outfielder Marcel Ozuna from them like they did Josh Donaldson last offseason. Ha-ha. The Big Bear. I didn't know his name was Big Bear. Did you notice that? I Yeah, I never had heard that, I guess. They should call him the Koala Bear the way he climbs fences for fly balls. Anyway, but Marcel <laughs> Zuna going back to the Braves on a four-year, $64 million deal, which is guaranteed. Um, I believe you gave a stipulation that he could pick up a fifth-year option, which would bring it to 80, right? Yep. So... Uh, good signing for the Braves. Obviously, he he fit very well in with that offense. Uh, I, I, I there's really not much to say. You know, you've got a lot of your young guys getting locked up, so you might as well get somebody like Marcelo Zuna locked up as well. Um, the next person that the Braves will probably pay attention to would be Freddie Freeman, but uh, that's another year down the road, it seems. But yeah, good signing for the Braves for sure. Uh, good to not let him slide and go. So. Yeah, uh, you know, Azuna led the National League in home runs in RBI last year, you know, during the shortened pandemic season. Um, mm. They designated outfielder Kyle Garlic as a side note for assignment to make room on the 40-man uh-huh, garlic. Garlic, yeah. Uh, but Amos, it didn't matter in the end because, for my twins, because guess what? The seemingly getting better with age Nelson Cruz has retaken the DH slot. It looked like he could possibly leave to go to the National League with, but ah, that's not the case. Get wrecked, everyone else. Get wrecked. We get Nelson Cruz back. 13 mil for the season, baby. (laughs) Hey, they also re-signed 
or signed, I should say, former White Sox closer Alex Calame. You got that contract? Correct. Uh, your twins signing Alex Calame to a one-year $5 million base salary for 2021. There is a mutual option for 2022, or the twins could buy him out at 1.25 after the 2021 season. So 32 years old, kind of struggled a little bit. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think I have a sneaking suspicion you might get handed the closer job against a righty heavy type lineup with Taylor Rogers, you know, handling the lefty chores on the back ends. But, you know, first off, I want to thank Nelson Cruz's cousin, who I've read is a good friend of Alex's. So, hey, hey, maybe that, you know, had a little bit to do with his signing. Uh, Amos Collum has never posted an ERA above four in any of his eight MLB seasons so far. Uh, my twins, uh, by the way, also made an interesting deal this week. They traded prospect outfielder Lamont Wade Jr. to the Giants for right-handed long relief type Sean Anderson. Uh, if you go back to our uh, division previews podcast a year ago, you'll notice I brought up Anderson as a guy who might be the solution at the back end of that bullpen in San Fran. Uh, he's pretty mid-range, but really great with his control on a 92 to 96 mile an hour fastball. It's just his command, I guess, that they say he still has to work on in addition to a curveball and changeup. Uh, his pitching theory, though, inducing ground ball. So I don't, I kind of like that signing. Yeah, and uh, doing a little bit further research, I'm going to stand corrected. He actually had a good season last year, posting a .81 ERA in 21 appearances. So some people would say that's kind of small, but that's – uh. I mean, anytime you post under a one, you know, that's yeah, not bad talking, at all. If you're talking column A, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, getting Liam Hendricks, you know, kind of trumped it for them, basically, and they just, they were done with column A at that point, I guess. So, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll take the spoil. Let me feel one, let me make you feel one more better, or better with one more stat here. Okay. You know, we, we talk about how much that the AL Central does have some big bats in it. Um, so last season, column A, allowed only 3.1% of uh, barrel contact, which is the optimal combination of launch angle and excellent exit velocity. 3.1%. That puts him in the top 5% in the majors. So Cool. Nice stuff. (laughs) Love it. Let's see if that holds up. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, let's move on to 2019 Gold Glover second baseman Colton Wong. Has inked a deal with the Milwaukee Brewers. Tell me some things, Amos. Yeah, how about this deal? A two-year, $18 million deal, 26 mil if he goes to that third year. Good pickup by the Brewers. Moving Kirsten Hara, you you told me this, moving Kirsten Hara to first base. Be interested to see how that works out. Um, but yeah, definitely a great pickup for these Brewers, signing a guy that was ninth, I believe, in defensive runs saved a couple seasons ago. He's a okay top of the uh, top of the uh, yeah, top of the top of the batting order. There we go. Kind of hitter. You could put him first or second in front of Ryan Braun and whoever else they got now. Christian Yelich. I guess Yelich has been batting second, so you could put him in front of Christian Yelich. Can swipe a base or two in some situations, but unfortunately, he also does a lot of gaffes on the base path. So. However, overall, it's a great move by the Brewers. I know the Cubs were talking about getting him at some point, but um, obviously with the Cubs being in super, super save mode, they're not going to pay $18 million for Colton Wong. So good sign for the Brewers. All right, another closer candidate's emerged in Arizona in the desert. Amos emerges a 13-year veteran. Joaquin Soria. 
probably a pretty rising from the desert. <laughs> Going to the big desert. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One year, $3.5 million deal with 500K uh, bonus, which is tied to his appearance. How many appearances he gets. Uh, not much to say about this other than, you know, Arizona Constance seems to be that mad team. So well, 3.01 ERA with 223 career saves. He hasn't had more than a couple saves in the season since he had 16 for the White Sox in 2018. I looked that up. I mean, considering his age and, you know, his okay stats, I mean, 3.5 is pretty cheap. So he just seems like to be that closer or that relief guy that's just everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah. True. Well, the Baltimore Orioles have grabbed a top 20 prospect for their organization. They traded starter Alex Cobb to the Angels and got outfielder prospect Jemai Jones. Then the Angels, Amos, go ahead and trade for veteran outfielder and World Series player under manager Joe Madden, Dexter Fowler from the Cardinals. What do you think? Yeah, how about this? Uh, Dexter Fowler going to the Angels to join Upton and Trout in that outfield. Not a bad outfield. Now, while uh, Fowler has struggled, he's still a switch hitter, which... The uh, the Angels could use also another leadoff type hitter as the Cubs did use in their World Series run. Dexter Fowler. Uh, some trade details: the Cardinals are pulling a Rockies, and they're also sending the Angels fifty mil. No, I'm just kidding. They're sending the Halos twelve point seven five mil as part of the deal as well. So technically, the Angels will be paying Dexter Fowler a minuscule one point seven five million dollars for this year's salary for him. Jump so. Change. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, change for sure. But uh, yeah, good, good deal. I mean, yeah, I guess it makes sense with Fowler. You know, some prospects over there in St. Louis kind of working out. Fowler being the odd man out, um, also struggling at the play a little bit. You know, but I think I think that's a good deal for the one point seven five for for Fowler. Yeah, I'd take that. Well, it was a guy you said could change things for the Marlins in 2020 and kind of ended up doing so, even though the season was shortened by the pandemic. Jonathan Villar, one of the two newest commodities for the Cincinnati Reds. Please tell us more. How about this? Jonathan Villar, man, I I still said that he was probably one of the most underrated players in the league last year, especially helping the Marlins and some of their offensive woes. Going to the Reds on a one-year Two, I repeat, two million dollar deal. This versatile switch hitter who can swipe some bases. Two million dollars. That's it. That's all they're paying him. And he's going to the Reds. Also joining the Reds in that bullpen, Sean Doolittle, one year, one and a half million dollars. So um, the Reds have known to have a really, really bad bullpen with Rastel and Glacius going to the right. Mets. You think Doolittle's going to be their new closer? Oh, Angels. sorry, Angels. My bad. Uh, you think Doolittle will be their new closer. So, yeah. And you know, VR, you know, good to see a lot of time at shortstop, you know, likely barring some other decisions made. And since he, you know, they got Jose Garcia, a couple other prospects. But uh, hey, by the way, Trevor Bauer will get the 35th overall pick to the Reds since he signed mm-hmm. the Dodgers, you know, under the whole uh, uh, qualifying offer thing. So now the Reds have got the 17th, 30th, and now. 35th pick of the draft. Wow. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's really good. So. Jonathan Scope deciding to re-ink with the Detroit Tigers. That is correct, Amish, with Mr. Scope staying in the motor city of Detroit, Michigan. 29-year-old Jonathan Scope on a one-year, $4.5 million deal. 
had a pretty good season last year, hitting 278 with eight home runs and 23 RBIs. I believe he also had a little bit of injury last year as well. But regardless, 29 years old, can hit. Why not keep him? Especially at that price. Yeah, indeed. Well, as promised from earlier in the trade Texas made with Oakland, we mentioned, uh, you know, new general manager Chris Young and the Rangers have also made a couple signings to help out their 25-man roster. They got former Brave Mike Fultonevich, $2 million deal, plus possible incentives that add another half mil to that deal, Amos. Yeah, and I think people are aware, if you've been following baseball, you're aware that the struggles that Fulte has been having both on the field and off the field. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, speaking, you know, like a human being, Outside of baseball, I hope he's figured out all of his mental woes, and I hope he's ready to compete because, boy, this guy was good with the Braves when he was good. So hopefully he brings that talent to Texas in that new ballpark and really shines, you know. Yeah, only one game for Atlanta last year, uh, a career 4.33 ERA over seven seasons with the Braves and Astros. A reminder, he was eighth in the NL Cy Young voting in 2018 before, as you mentioned, you know, he struggled again in 2019. Uh, some speed then also brought back in the wake of the deal that brought Corey Kluber to Texas before he went off to the Big Apple this offseason. Uh, they got speedster Delano DeShields back, Delano DeShields Jr., eking a minor league deal. It'll put him back to the team he spent the vast majority of his career with. Uh, Amos Statcast's fastest man in baseball in 2018 now has a chance to snag back that center field job that he lost to Leo de Tavares. Ooh, yeah, it could be uh... – could be a whole bunch of high-risk, uh, high-reward players. It seems like Texas is going for here. So, yeah, indeed. And, you know, that, now they got to figure out what to do about you know the third base since Andrews is gone. So it, it's going to be fun. Uh, another signing of the "What Goes Away Comes Back" variety of massive proportions happening this week involving the Tampa Rays, Amos, and uh, oh boy, your guy is headed back to Tampa. My most overrated pitcher. I'm just kidding. Chris Archer going back to the Rays. Yeah, he has he had a lot of success in Tampa Bay, so they're hoping lightning strikes twice. One year, six and a half million dollars, which is probably half of the budget of that team right now. So uh, I'm glad they're paying 50 percent of their budget into Chris Archer. Just kidding, of course. Hopefully, you know, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. I'm putting him in the number three slot for now behind Glasnow and Yarbrough, although I, I have a feeling we'll see plenty of openers in Kevin Cash's defending AL champions lineup, too. Good luck defending. I mean, good luck <laughs> defending. But yeah, I mean, Chris Archer. You know, we we keep hearing that. Oh, the Cubs should pick up Chris Archer. The Cubs should. No, he's no, he's not good. He's. I mean, he's he's major league. I don't understand. Like Chris Archer is seems like a great person off the field, but I mean, he's not great on the field. Like here's his ERAs from the last, from let's say. Let's start 2016, shall we? Sure. 402, 407, 431. Uh, that's between two teams, I believe. So, And then 430, and then 2019, 519. That's his ERAs. Yeah. They're actually getting worse. And now he's going to the AL East where there's a bunch of hitting or potential uh, batters to really uh, murder, in a way, pitching uh, with those Blue Jays and, of course, the Bombers of the Yankees. I just, who knows? Maybe he'll go back to his great year when he went, uh, you know, 10 and 9. <laughs> That's his best that he's done. So, 
But no, Chris Archer, six and a half mil for the Tampa Bay Rays. All right. Well, Amos, I wanted to give you a chance to talk Cubs. Uh, you know, we had a signing of a longtime Dodgers outfielder. Uh, we mm-hmm. mentioned, uh, I guess, a bit last week, maybe not. But anyway, minor league signing of a left-handed pitcher also this past week. Really little news, though, I've seen involving your seemingly becoming dismantled former 2016 champs. The price one pays for winning a title within the past five years, I guess, huh? I've said it once. I'll say it again. I'll take it. I didn't <laughs> have to wait 108 years for it. So... Uh, yeah, the Cubs actually making probably the biggest splash they will make this offseason by signing Jock Peterson on a one-year, $7 million deal. Uh, to put this into pro- uh, you know perspective here, he's a lot like Schwarber when it comes to being a power left-handed bat. Schwarber, uh, for those who don't know, went to the Nationals. The Nationals paid him $10 million a year. Jock Peterson is being paid $7 million a year, and he actually beat Schwarber in uh, runs produced, uh, strikeout, like he's better, he has a better strikeout rate, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, and of course, he can give Anthony Rizzo a day off, which is nice as well. But he also adds some defensive metrics that Schwarber, even though I was proud of the way he played the outfield, kind of really doesn't match up when it comes to Peterson. So uh, I think this is a good signing for the Cubs. I think this could be the signing that could keep them in a race. Uh, I know people are going to laugh at that, but. I mean, you got to look at what he's done in the postseason, his postseason experience. And the fact that the Dodgers, you know, no fault of their own, didn't really give him much of a shot in their lineup because they're so stacked. So now he's probably going to get a bigger shot in the Windy City. So one year, $7 million. The Hot Takes Corner Podcast is seeking to help other streamers by freely promoting their product content. Our new anchor format has allowed segmentation for the first time, and in order for it to flow the most smooth, we'd like to use breaks and your time in the show. We'll accept anything from a 10-second tease to a one-minute spot that can either be produced and submitted by yourself, or you may work with our brilliant production team in order to properly promote what you wish us to. Thank you for your consideration into what we believe will benefit all. All right. And then, uh, I mean, some other minor things going. Did you want to mention any of those that have happened for the Cubs? Uh, Yeah, sure. I mean, Andrew Chaffin, left-handed reliever on a minor league deal uh, for the Cubs. I believe he pitched for them a little bit in 2019. Nothing really eye-popping out of this guy. I think he was mostly there to provide some left-handed flexibility out of the bullpen. Um, they did claim a infielder from the Tigers. If you give me a second, I will get his name. But this guy is mostly known for his defense. Um, he only did, I believe he's got, he's got, I can't remember the numbers that I said, but let me find his name. Sergio Alcantara off of waivers from the Tigers. So he's a utility infielder, something the Cubs do need. Uh, in a way, but like I said, 24 years old switch hitter that adds a little bit to it as well. The Cubs don't really have any switch hitters in the lineup. Uh, so if this guy does get some batting time, uh, there you go, switch hitting. And uh, in response to that, the Cubs did release uh, Matt Sh- Max uh, Schrock, I believe was his name. So mm-hmm. another infielder they got from, I believe, the Cardinals, actually. So. Uh, just a little bit of roster shuffling around. So. Yeah, you got Rex Brothers, Joe Biagini also on a couple minor league deals, huh? Oh, and I'm so sorry. I forgot there was uh, one more. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't think this is on the list unless y'all talked about it last. Unless we talked about it last week, I don't think we did though. Uh, the Cubs also signed former Pirate Trevor Williams. Oh yes, Thank on you. a one-year deal. I'm trying to find the money right now. Uh, just give me one second here. Where are you, Trevor Williams? Yeah, well, while you're looking him up, I mean, you know, longtime Dodgers outfield Jack Peterson, I mean, just like you say, is going to really, you know, defensively keep them on par with what Schwarber was developing into, I think. And though maybe he's not quite as good against left-handed pitching, at least according to what the Dodgers used him for, uh, you know, in Peterson, we're going to see. We're going to get a true test out of Peterson this year, and, and I hope he does well for them. I really do too. Um, okay, so the deal for Trevor Williams is one year, two point five mil. So he will join the rotation of Kyle Hendricks, Zach Davies, Alec Mills, and allegedly Albert Alzale. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. Williams is twenty eight years old. Won fourteen games. Had a three point one ERA in twenty eighteen for the Pirates. Uh, 2019 and 20, he kind of took a turn for the worse, posting a 5.6 ERA in 201 innings. But I guess that's the big deal there, 201 innings. He's a guy that's going to give you innings, which yeah. is something the Cubs have had problems with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll say this, Amish, to his credit. I looked at his Twitter after the signing, and he seems legitimately happy to be a Cub. Uh, and even his dad, Richard Williams, putting – I know we usually save this stuff from Twitter. I just want mar- to mark it real quick. Um, yeah. But his dad, Richard Williams, on Twitter uh, put, and I quote, I was born and raised in Chicago. I watched Ernie Banks hit his 500th home run on May of 1970. I worked four summers as an usher at Wrigley. This is a dream. Wake me up. This pick was at Wrigley in 2018. It was so cold that night. However, I feel warm tonight. And it's a picture of his son, Trevor Williams, pitching at Wrigley. And it's just something nice, you know, that kind of, I feel really good about this signing. You know, it just seems like it's something that, I mean, what are the odds, right? I guess is what I'm trying sure. to get to. What are the yeah. odds? But he seems legitimately happy, of course, posting on his Twitter today, Trevor Williams, posting on his Twitter today, let's go, Cubs go. So, and of course, he did do a small thank you to Pittsburgh for sure. his career as well. So he's not selfish about that. But yeah, cool. good signing for the Cubs there. Nice. All right, other stuff minor. We'll wrap up the hot stove. King Felix minor league deal. Orioles, what is that, a million dollars, I think? One like mil. All right. Jordan Yamamoto picked up off waivers from Marlins by Mets. They send minor league infielder Federico Polanco to Miami. The DFA infielder Rubel Garcia, who was picked up by the Angels, and you know the dominoes keep falling. Veteran catcher Jonathan Lucroy, White Sox, minor league deal. There. And then you mentioned Carlos Correa has reached arbitration. Do you have that number? Yes, the Astros have avoided arbitration with Carlos Correa at $11.7 million this season is what he will be paid. I am unsure of what the um, the Astros offered and what Correa offered, but his pay will be 11.7. Okay. I mean, you know, we could go out with more transactions news, Amos, but we'd like to make it not much more than an hour podcast, quite frankly. Just uh, not a lot of interesting enough impact deals made in our opinion to express uh, from this point. So let's move on to some other news and notes. Let's do it to it. All 
All right, approximately 148 free agents of note still out there when February started. We've still got a lot of guys left that don't yet have teams. I want to briefly touch on the embers that are still burning in the hot stove. We are basically less than two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting at the time Woo-hoo! of this recording. Amos. Yes. What What do Trevor Rosenthal, Mark Melanson, Jeremy Jeffress, and Brandon Kinsler have in common from last season? Go. They all hate pasta. <laughs> no, they all finished <laughs> in the top 10 of their respective leagues and saves, and not one of them has a job yet for 2021. What do you think of that? I mean, I'm not really surprised in a way. I think, well, I think these guys will find teams. I just think there's more important dominoes that have had to fall before you reach guys like these. Um, Jeremy Jeffress was fantastic last year. I think he was definitely one of the most reliable pieces of the Cubs bullpen. Trevor Rosenthal was another good signing. Of course, he could still touch 100 miles an hour. I don't know why you wouldn't want that on your staff. Um, Yeah, I just... Mark Melanson, man, I'll tell you, he's been pretty quiet lately. I haven't really heard a lot about him. But yeah, these guys are going to go somewhere. I think, if I had to be honest here, I think Rosenthal will be the first to sign and then Jeremy Jeffress. That would make sense. That actually would make sense. Uh, I'm thinking more about this. Amos, also, do, do you know the complete list of left-handed non-closer reliever types that have signed your major league free agent deal? Do you really think I know the answer to that question? <laughs> <laughs> well, Amos, it, I don't know how you could not, because it's such an expansive list of two that we have <laughs> in Aaron Loop and Ross Detweiler. We're talking about oh major goodness. league free agent left-handers. I don't count Alex Claudio, because I firmly believe he's a closer mix for the Angels as well. But, Amos, check out yeah. these names. You remember this guy, Justin Wilson. Justin Wilson, yep. You got Tony Watson. Tony Watson. Jose Alvarez. Okay. Oliver Perez. TJ McFarland. Jason Shreve. Tyler Olson. Chris Rusin. Sean Gilmartin. Of course, you know Jake McGee. And Brett Oberholzer. They're all still out there, Amos. Well, I'm going to say something that's going to sound really harsh, but these kind of sounds like a list of pitchers you don't want. <laughs> you know, I'm oh. it, it's rather, now now look, I know that sounds harsh, but hear me out here. Yeah, if ahead. I if if my memory really serves me correct, a lot of these guys are in their mid 30s now. Okay. Um, they definitely are free agents lower on the free agent tier for a reason, whether that be like Chris Russin giving up a lot of home runs as he did with, you know, to be fair, he was in Colorado, so you know, that could be a little bit of it there. Or you could be like Jake McGee, who just had some issues getting the door shut, you know. Um, and some of these guys, I just don't even know. Like, Yeah, sure. But I, but my other I point, hope they sign somewhere. But. My other point is kind of the elephant in the room, the three better minimum rule, Amos. Mm-hmm. I wonder if how much of an effect that it's had. We wondered, once we heard that rule was coming into place, is it something that's holding these guys back from contracts? Absolutely. I, I wish yeah. it didn't, though, because you I have know. successful left-handers out there right now, mm-hmm. you know, that are signed with teams that do very well. You know, we got to talk about Brad Hand. We got to talk about Aaron Loop. We yeah. got to talk about... Um, do little. Do little. Got to talk about Miller. There, you mean, now these guys are not on that caliber, but that doesn't mean they shouldn't be able to sign with somebody, you know. Yeah, right. But... I understand, you know, maybe some teams that are that are kind of like in a 
spinning their wheels situation that are just like, well, we could spend a couple million dollars on these guys, or we could just take our luck with prospects, you know? Yeah. But uh, it's a rough, uh, I agree. Uh, no doubt that the three batter minimum has affected a little bit, but I wish it didn't. Okay, here's uh, some of the other names on the market we're going to discuss real quick. Uh, I heard Jake Odorizzi of my twins formerly, hopefully still could become a twin. They're still talking about it. Then I've heard Cardinals. I've heard Phillies. I've heard Red Sox. Anything else you've heard? Nothing on Odorizzi. Um, I think I've heard a little bit from the Cardinals as well, but nothing that's... There's a guy that I talked to that's a big Cardinals fan. He lives right down the street from Bush Stadium. And uh, he's talking about how the buzz is allegedly they are interested in Odorizzi, but they just don't know if he's worth the commitment or not. So, okay. Um, Amos, so many third basemen are changing, and Justin Turner's still out there. What's going on? Good question. I wish I had an answer. <laughs> Maybe well, he don't like pasta either. <laughs> Still in talks with the Dodgers. The last thing I heard, despite Bauer signing, uh, I guess the Braves did check in on him. I saw some, you know, tweets about that from, you know, a little more reputable source people. One of them was Don Heyman. Uh, question for you: Do you think the on-field incident at the end of the World Series involving his breaking from quarantine after being removed reports indicate possibly responsible for infecting at least six others has much to do with his slow signing? No. No, I don't. I, I would I would buy more into financial issues than that. Um, uh, me too. That was very irresponsible of him. Don't get me wrong, but no, I don't think that was. I don't think that's a thing. Um, you know, as you said, there are the third base market is. While he is needed on some teams, I just don't feel a lot of competitive teams that need third basemen, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, they're either sticking with their guns or they have someone that they rely on at third base. But I just, you know, to me, I think Turner will go back to the Dodgers until another team just shoots out. Of course, you can't roll out the Mets. Okay, <laughs> I mean, sure. You just never know. I mean, they've been on a spending spree, so maybe they're done. I don't know. But you could also, I mean, I mean, would you roll the Yankees out? Okay. All right. I serious question. I mean, would you rule the Yankees out? I just I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe Boston could go get him. I mean, it's just Boston's been cutting back payroll. Trying to, you know, save on that stuff they spent for 2018 championship. You never know. Uh, James Paxson, Phillies, Cardinals. I've heard my twins are in the talks. You know, he has a home in Wisconsin. I didn't know that until I read it. I didn't know that either. I don't know where he, I I have no guess for him. I mean, I really don't. I I don't know. He's a very reliable lefty. Um, we talk such huge things when the Yankees traded for him, you know, and gave up Chef Justice Sheffield. Saying, "Dang, now he's just kind of quieted down." Uh, how about Jackie Bradley Jr.? Now he's he's someone I'm surprised that ain't signed yet. Um, yeah, Mets most uh, often seen rumor I've seen. Yeah, no, I, I feel you there. I think he will go Mets. Uh, if not, Boston is another option. Um, I don't know, maybe another team that's kind of on the fence about stuff. Maybe the Marlins could put a bid in for him. Even though I don't really see if they're going to provide enough money, but you just, you just never know. Um, yeah, I mean, you could put maybe seven to ten teams in with J, JBJ. But. 
Taiwan Walker, uh, Philly is a strong rumor. Heard Jays at one point. I wonder where that's at after the Tyler Chatwood signing, though, and the fact that, you know, Nate Pearson will be given the green light to make the rotation, at least in the spring ball. Any other thoughts on Taiwan Walker? Man, somebody needs to sign him. I mean, I guess the injury, his injury history is really putting mm-hmm. the pause on that. But yeah. uh, I think he's still got a little bit in the tank, and I, I think he's more motivated to prove himself more now than ever. So, I haven't really heard of a team tie-in with him, but somebody, somebody's going to need somebody like him. Okay, you got Trevor Rosenthal was just with the Padres. You got the Mets and Padres in there. Blue Jays maybe I mentioned. I don't know. Now, I heard a small rumor that he could be reunited with the Cardinals. I don't know how much merit that is, but um, that's just a whisper here and there, like, oh, the Cardinals have checked in with Rosenthal, so. We discussed in our pre-show about Rick Porcello. We have no freaking clue, do we? No, I I think I, I literally think that he's hanging out with Bartolo Colon somewhere. <laughs> yeah, your Molina Amos still has not officially signed. They thought that he was going to be connected, you know, with this whole Wainwright signing, but still nothing. Well, they're talking about Cardinals and then maybe the Blue Jays. Yeah, interesting because there were reports that he was going to sign back with the Cardinals after the um it was Wainwright, the, wasn't it? Well, that and the uh, bu- 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 the the Costa Rican League or whatever. The um, oh yeah, because they got that tournament going on in yeah the Caribbean or whatever. But then there's rumors that the Blue Jays are checking in on them, and if it's about money, I'll be interested to see who's going to provide more. I think the Blue Jays need them more. Yeah, um, I really do. But he's been such a lifelong Cardinals fan, and he said over and over again, like. If Wainwright resigns with the Cardinals, that's where I'm going. So, yeah, uh, I guess you could say 60-40 in favor of Cardinals, but who knows, yeah, man? Maybe. Okay, Brett Gardner. I think the Yankees are pretty pretty safe to get him back, don't you? Yeah, until something else pops up. I I agree. I think it could be Yankees. Okay, how about Marwin Gonzalez, Amos? Um, you know, he kind of fell off the face with the Twins in the pandemic season. I heard he was in talk with the Red Sox. What do you think about Marwin Gonzalez? Good fit. Uh, sure, go to the Red Sox. I, I see him, someone going to a team that's not exactly going to compete this year for whatever reason. I just, I think, like I said before, I think a lot of these teams that are competing have what they need. And while he is a good depth piece, I think he's not going to go. I think he'd want to go to a team where he can get some more starts. So um, Red Sox could be good. Um, that would be my uh, team I'm leaning toward as well. And finally, we talked Jake Arietta. I heard the Mets have been talking with him. What have you heard or thought? A lot of a lot of Cubs chatter saying, "Hey, we should bring Arietta back." And then they're like, "Oh, wait a minute, we're the cheap Cubs. We don't want to sign somebody." <laughs> um, now I did hear that he had a very impressive uh, showing. I believe 27 teams had some representatives out there. Um, but yeah, I've heard nothing but Mets, maybe a few buzzes about the A's, but nothing concrete, of course. Everything's just all rumors, 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 so. All right. That's the Stove Embers portion of the broadcast. Put it out. Amos, what a tense end of the weekend we had after news broke. A Friday meeting between MLB and player union reps broke off, and uh, 
A proposal from MLB to delay spring training and opening day by approximately one month was shot down by the union. What do you think? Um, I get it. You know, I get why they want to start the season on time. I, I guess the players union feels like that, you know, obviously Major League Baseball can't take another half season um, when it comes to their profits, when it comes to their foothold and where sports are right now. And of course, you know, you have the NFL that completed their season basketball starting the second season, what feels like um, since this whole pandemic started. So Major League Baseball is like, well, if they can do it, then, you know, let's let's see if we can pull it off. So I get that. And I guess they feel enough. um, There's been enough positive movement to, you know, play without infecting a lot of people with the covid situation. Um, right. something, something we did talk about before uh, how confusing major league baseball seems to, it seems like they're just taking a fork on this, Yeah, you know? Um, and this is kind of taken one direction of said fork while the other one is, yeah, let's delay the season a little bit, uh, and not improve anything else, but well, I should briefly mention a report in The Athletic on the 3rd by Ken Rosenthal. It said the players' union stayed away from a conversation between the Biden administration and the MLB and have a discussion scheduled for another time, uh, you know, just on their own. Mm. Uh, when that time is, they only know. But the union avoided hearing what is reported was suggested by the U.S. government and likely the Department of Health, suggesting this one-month delay with the idea of getting players vaccinated before a season would start. Uh, Amos, a brief was written by Zach Braziller in the New York Post on Thursday. Uh, don't know if he had a chance to pop into that when I sent it over to you, but uh, it says the expected introduction of another new vaccine from Johnson & Johnson was behind the government push. Uh, the Athletic reported the MLB did not give details to the union about their full minutes with the government, but they did at least inform them one took place through the 30-team presidents so that they could get that out to their players. Mm. So. Don't know if you have anything more to say on that. Well, I'll, I'll say this. With with the confusing way that Major League Baseball is attacking this, you know, we, we talked, like I said, we talked about in the past how, you know, stadiums are going to have fans in them this year at a certain capacity. You know, they're, they're okay with pod seating, yep, pod certain seat. capacity, stuff like that. However, they're not going to scan people at the gate. So someone with COVID could walk in and sit down and get people sick. That's, once again... You know, I get why they're doing that. I'm not faulting Major League Baseball for doing that. Um, But it does send kind of a mixed message because people that do go to the games are still concerned. Some people are. Some people are not, you know. Well, those people can just stay away, you know. Yeah, and that's fine. That's honestly fine. Um, But, you know, I honestly think one of the things that Major League Baseball does need to find a way to do is, if possible, get these players vaccinated. Um, Because you can't have a season without players, period. Yeah, I mean, don't work without them. Can't do this. Possible, and I paper like the rest possible. of us in fantasy. <laughs> right, and I say I said if possible because you know we do know there are some players out there that do have underlying health problems. So, mm-hmm. um, if it like I said, if players want to get vaccinated, that's great. If they don't, I wish they would just because of how exposed they are to the other players on the field. And now, granted, it's not football where they're right next to each other and it's not NBA where they're sweating on top of each other. But um, I'm not faulting MLB for any of this. I'm not faulting the players union for keeping away from the administration because they know what they were going to ask. So they're just playing their hand. So, 
Well, speaking of administrations and presidents, uh, more to come in some tidbits and some new hairs with the MLB operations department. Right now, though, Amos, a more serious note, uh, some news we uh, saw broke this week about former Mets manager and current Angels pitching coach Talk about Mr. Lineup Card, Mickey Calloway. Uh, he's been suspended pending investigation regarding sexual harassment stemming from a lengthy report from the Athletics' Britt Garoli and Katie Strang. It seemed more like a book to me. I'm not sure how much time we want to spend on it at this point. But let's get to a little conversation about it. These are pretty serious allegations, Seamus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a situation where... <sighs> You know, it's it's innocent until proven guilty, but they're seen from the bits that I've skimmed over. It definitely seems like there's a lot of guilty here. So um, I, I totally get why he was, uh, let's see, he was fired, wasn't he? He was. No, he's under suspension for now. Suspension, because he has a right to you know defend himself, like you say. Right. Until so he's proven guilty. It's just another, it's another piece of people doing scumbag things. And if it's not, you know, if it's not true then shame on these people for doing what they did. But well, the I one that like got me smuggler's fire. Sorry. Yeah. The one that got me was the reported incident by the re- reporter pseudonymed Lauren in the article, uh, which she said during a one-to-one interview in Florida shortly after she'd been named or after Callaway rather had been named Mets manager, which is alleged. He put his leg up onto a railing to peacock her thrusting his crotch near her face. She said she remembers being scared, aware that no one else was around that made her realize right away she'd be dealing with this being uncomfortable interviewing him from then on, even going so far as to making sure she picked an outfit that exposed no skin with her hair pulled back despite summer heat conditions for a follow-up to a column he demanded to meet with her about, basically knowing what might have been coming, because according to her, he was so displeased and said he did go as far as yelling at a public relations person to get her out of his office at one point during that meeting. So just some crazy, crazy stuff. And all. it's always a long read, but interesting one, you know, nonetheless. And yeah, I just, I just shake my head. I got nothing more to comment. All right. Some other tidbits to knock out. Uh, any thoughts that Dustin Pedroia has finally retired, Amos? Yeah. Um, I got some stats here for him. Like his little highlights of his career, so to speak, your 2008 AL MVP, uh, in which, uh, sub-side note to that, he had more doubles than he had strikeouts in that season. So that's a little fun tidbit uh, about Mr. Dustin Pedroia. 2007 Rookie of the Year. He's a three-time world champion. Sounds like he's in WWE, doesn't he? Three-time world champion, four-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove, 2008 Silver Slugger. Once again, that was his MVP year. And he is eighth all-time in hits in Red Sox history. Um, Red Sox Hall of Famer for sure. Is he a Hall of Famer? Hall of Famer remains to be seen. Probably not. That's but... the, so sad, the whole sad thing, I guess, about the whole thing. Yeah, 37 years old. Uh, you know, he's long forgiven, not forgotten. But mm-hmm. he has forgiven Manny Machado. It's a great article. I encourage anybody to read it. A Massachusetts Live by Chris Cotillo, uh, reliving the 2017 incident in April where Machado came right into Pedroia's left knee during a game at Camden Yards when Manny was in Baltimore that led to multiple surgeries from that point, including partial knee replacement surgery. Yeah, and he talked about um, there was an interview. I believe it was his retirement interview, like when he announced his retirement. They had it on MLB Network, I believe, or MLB.com. And there was one point, I believe, in this interview where he was talking about, you know, the major decision for him to go ahead and retire is that he wanted to come back and play one more season, but he said he got to a point where he couldn't play with his kids because his leg was just acting up so much. So he said that 
you know, I want to continue to be a dad more than I want to continue to be a ball player. So, um, you know, I respect him for that decision for sure. Um, and he's definitely put his heart and soul into Boston. So for sure. Well, Chipper Jones, speaking of heart and souls of teams, he's been hired back on and he's going to be an Atlanta Braves staff member. Good for him. Like good for the Braves. I mean, who else, who else would you want for that spot? For sure. The defending American League champion Tampa Rays have invited top overall MLB pipeline and athletic prospect Wander Franco to spring ball. Amos, are you surprised? Who? (laughs) Never heard of him. Who's that guy? Oh, he's that shortstop switch hitting sensation, isn't he? (laughs) The one that's going to be the Mike Trout. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Well, we'll see what happens. Well, also to note, uh, I wrote down my twins inviting Royce Lewis. It's pretty huge to me. Uh, you know, is he going to be able to make the 26th man and study under Simba? That just excites the crap out of me. Uh, also intrigued about Pittsburgh Pirates spring training invitee Quinn Priester. He's the pitcher who was number 18 overall pick from 2019 amateur draft. Uh, it's got electric curveball, I'm told, Amos. So I'm going to be keeping my eye out for Quinn Priester. What a name. <laughs> hey, Amos, Michael Hill... Harvard graduate and Rangers draftee in 93, played a couple of years in minors before joining the Rays front office in 95 and gotten the whole management type stuff. Uh, he eventually became the Marlins general manager from 07 through 13. And now he's become the only Cuban American officer in the MLB filling the vacancy of the position that was left by, uh, of course, now general manager of the Texas Rangers, Chris Young. He's the senior vice president now of on-field operations. And then you got Raul Labanez, Joe Martinez, Raji Davis, and Bo Porter hired an MLB operations staff. Excellent. Good Good to see uh, these, you know, former players get, you know, they're already exposed to the game, so why not be in a position where they can help others get exposed to the game and run the operation, so. And give you heart attacks like Raji Davis yes, did. Yes, and give you heart attacks. <laughs> Perhaps finally, as we uh, wind things down here, Major League Baseball has notified all clubs that they may have 26-man opening day through end-of-season rosters with one flex player. Double-header days, yeah. yeah. Which if that if that union would have went through, players. then, then uh, that would be a lot of double-header days. So I think it makes sense to keep these rosters expanded. So. And, of course, you know, 28 in September, teams can bring to the ballparks among those they choose from that. 40-man pool, such a large pool, such a small September now. Such a long time ago. Oh, one more thing. Uh, I actually do want to uh, – I saw on Twitter today one of my favorite Cubs, maybe not maybe not of all time, but definitely in the playoff reign. Happy birthday to Travis Wood, former Cub pitcher. I don't know what he's doing now, but uh, I watched a little – retweeted a video on Twitter of him hitting home runs off of some some pretty good pitchers, you know, like Tim Litzicum, Madison Bumgarner, Clayton Kershaw, uh, you know, you know, some, some solid pitchers. You might have heard of them. And, you know, he, he I think he hit 10 career home runs. I don't know if they were all with the Cubs or not, but, you know, I will just never forget, you know, those home runs he hit in the playoffs and then that time that he had to go out and play left field and uh, he made a great catch from which he had to collide with the brick wall to make it out there in the outfield. So love Travis Wood. I know he'll probably never hear this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Happy birthday, Mr. Travis Wood. All right. Well, you get a Cubs note. I'm getting a Twins note. My thoughts with the family and friends of Wayne Twig. 
a longtime first base coach. Uh, he, he jumped and slapped uh, Shane Mack in the butt. I remember quite fondly. Uh, I think it was one of the American League uh, championship series home runs or something. But anyway, uh, rip to twig. Rip to twig. All right. How can people tell us more, or ask questions, or give us their favorite pasta type? I kind of like uh, flat noodles and, and angel hair. I like when it's not on my plate, period. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, you could reach us on many ways. We are on Twitter. We have an email. You could uh, leave comments under your preferred uh, you know, method that you listen to us on your podcast station. You could also rate. That would be nice as well to help get us a little more exposed to people out there. We would love to have more people talk, you know, especially when it comes to like a mailbag or some nice comments or heck, even mean comments. I mean, you know, speaking of which, there is a feature on Anchor. If you people are signed in, you can send us audio messages that we could use. Yeah, we would love to. We would love to have some audio feedback as well. We could either play it during the podcast or if you got a nice opening, you could submit it through that too. And we'll use it, of course. Mm -hmm. Given full credit. So yeah, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, comment, whatever. Bake a cake, eat some pasta. Go sign Jake Arietta. I don't know. <laughs> Tell Jake Arietta you want him for your birthday party for your kid. He'll pop out of he a cup. to make some money, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Good I'm luck to your teams in the Super Bowl. Oh, hey, yeah, what's your pick? I got uh, 31 to 25 Chiefs. Oh, you're putting me on the spot here, huh? Um, you know what? I'm gonna go with your boy. I just cannot believe you're not going with Brady. I'm going with your boy Brady. I'm gonna I'm gonna remain hopeful. Right. You know, right. I'm, I think he's gonna have one more one more title. I don't know a score. Uh, if we're gonna do seeing how both teams can't play defense allegedly. Uh, let's see. Let's go. Let's see. What what score did you say? I said thirty-one to twenty-five Chiefs. I'm going to go slightly higher. I'm going to go 35-30. 35-30 bucks, you say. Mm -hmm. All right. Sounds good. We'll see who's right next week. Yeah. So we will see everyone next week. Have a good Super Bowl. Safe Super Bowl weekend. And for that guy over there is Amish. I am Amos. And we are the Hot Takes Corner crew. We are out.